Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren, and welcome, everybody. I'm uh, delighted to be with you today. We're going to talk about... All sorts of things. We're going to talk today about disruption, most of all, and uh, how that's a good thing, you know, in uh, th- taking a page from the world of hackers, the sinister underworld of hackers. We're going to talk about how we can use that in our own um, work as coaches and to support leadership uh, generally. First of all, as we do each and every week, I'd like to send a shout-out to the people who support this program. Uh, In addition to our fine production staff, now numbering in the twos, we're delighted to bring to you uh, each and every week a reminder about the value, the creativity and innovation that goes into the International Coach Federation. Listen, if you are a coach, if you're interested in coaching, if you're interested in being coached, any area that you want support in or information in, the International Coach Federation, found on the web at coachfederation.org, is your spot. We are proud and honored and delighted to be a media partner with the International Coach Federation. Now in our fourth year, our partnership gives us an opportunity to acknowledge the fine folks involved in the association and the work they do to promote professional coaching in many different ways and support professional coaching. One of the things that I like to talk about is how valuable the research, the information available on the web, uh, coachfederation.org again. You can check out all sorts of um, studies, uh, scientifically uh, useful, provable points to do address everything from ROI to supporting your RFP um, responses to just finding out more about coaching and what's happening in the world of coaching. Um, as you know, we exist here to give you information, and information is available uh, through the ICF. In addition, the ICF is the leading global organization dedicated to advancing the coaching profession, and they do that by setting high standards, by providing independent certification for coaches, as well as accreditation for coach training programs, and by building a worldwide network of professionally trained coaching uh, professionals. I know that I said that wrong, but I couldn't think of a better word. Uh, It's the world's largest organization of professionally trained coaches, and as such, it provides instant credibility for its members like me and hopefully you. Um, It's also a great place to connect. If you are a coaching professional or if you're looking for professional coaches, you can get connected. In addition, it connects coaching professionals with the tools and resources we need to succeed in our careers. To learn more about ICF, to stay up to date, and to get the latest news, visit coachfederation.org or check them out on Twitter at at ICFHQ. That's at ICFHQ. In addition, we have an ICF representative on this here program uh, once a month, might be changing to once a quarter, but uh, regularly, including interviews with the top people, including the executive director, uh, Magda Mook, and also people out in the field doing uh, the strategic um, initiatives of the ICF. Check it out, coachfederation.org. We also want to shout out, as we do each and every week, to our sponsor, longtime sponsor, over 15 years sponsoring this program, Accomplishment Coaching. Accomplishment Coaching is the finest coach training program in the world. 
And it's designed that way. It's been that way from the beginning. Look, if you're like me, you're going to get trained one time, and you want to get trained in the high at the highest level. You're looking for maybe the Harvard, the Yale, the Oxford, the Stanford of coaching. That's accomplishment coaching. Check them out on the web at accomplishmentcoaching.com. They also do something that no other coach training program does, at least not that I'm aware of, which is you can they invite you in to come and observe the coach training program in process just for free, just to check it out. That way you can find out, is this a fit for me? Is this what I'm looking for or not? Check them out. They're available in a city near you. Here are the cities. Ready? San Diego, California. Got to love it. Seattle, Washington. Beautiful and amazing seafood. Victoria, British Columbia. Couldn't be more beautiful. Chicago, Illinois, home of the world champion Chicago Cubs. New York City. The Big Apple, need I say more? And our nation's capital, if you're a United States citizen, in Washington, D.C. There are also programs uh, designed to fly in. So if you live somewhere else, check it out. You could fly to San Diego on an uh, every-other-month basis and do their program for a bit. Check it all out by going to accomplishmentcoaching.com and sign up if you like for a, uh, a preview. Go and attend the coaches' training program and, um, you know, check it out. All right, accomplishmentcoaching.com, home of the world's finest coach training program. Of course, accredited by the ICF. All righty. I want to talk about our um, guest today. Um, we've got a couple. We've got a guest who's... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting all sorts of hand signals. I don't know what they mean, but I think that I'm supposed to steal third base. Um, we're... Uh, as, I talk, as I suggested in the opening, we're going to talk about how to use lessons from the, uh, you know, seedy underworld, uh, sinister world of hackers to bring disruption in a positive way to ourselves and our clients and um, to start thinking sort of outside the box even further. In addition, I'm going to introduce you to an extraordinary guest co-host today. You might be wondering, why is he doing all these guest co-hosts? And it's because I want you to get exposed to more and more coaches from a variety of backgrounds, from a variety of places, so that you can connect more. I'll tell you, when I became a coach back in the dark ages of coaching, we uh, the most powerful thing was community, finding like-minded humans who were brilliant and innovative and creative in their own right to connect with and to sort of develop uh, myself and our profession as we go. And many of those friendships, many of those partnerships and connections have um, served me throughout the years as I know that they've served you and I want you to know more people so if you hear somebody you like on this here program please go and take them and and um (laughs) (laughs) you have to be here you have to see the video we should put a video in the control room so that you can see what these weasels are doing all right I believe that that signal tells me that our uh, guest co-host for the day has joined us let me tell you Lisa Pachens, if you like your leaders, powerful, beautiful, brilliant, and connected, this woman is your cup of tea. Lisa Pachens is a coach from, uh, well, I hate to say it, but Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And she's uh, delighted, or we are delighted, I should say, to have her join us today as a guest co-host. Lisa, I've lost control of my ability to speak. Will you introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do? Well, after that introduction of Philadelphia, I don't know if I want to. All right, bring it. Bring it, Philly. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Christopher. I'm uh, I'm really excited to be here. And Philadelphia, if you didn't know already, Christopher, is the city of brotherly love. So let's get the love on. <laughs> <laughs> Not the hate. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, Shake it off. I, I'm so excited to be here. And it's 
wonderful to uh, to be working with other extraordinary coaches in this business. Coaching is something that I am just, I nerd out about it all mm. the time. I love talking coaching and transformation. So any chance I get to have these conversations is just a delight to me. And I'm really excited about the people coming on today. And um, my, uh, my background is also in ontological coaching. I, I'm a graduate of accomplishment coaching and a leader in training. Yeehaw. Uh, woo. Along mm. with, uh, I'm a, one of the leaders on the accomplishment coaching leadership team along with Christopher. So we have a, a lot of fun together. A lot of fun. True that. Hey, uh, if people want to find out more about you, if they need to get a hold of you or if they want to hire you for their big deal, uh, endeavors, how do they get a hold of you? Sure. So you can find me on www.coachingwithlp.com. That's coaching, W-I-T-H, L as in Lisa, P as in Peter.com. And I work with people across the board. I work with other leaders. I work with executives. I work with entrepreneurs. Uh, and specifically, I, I work with a lot of coaches in the field. So um, I just, I love this work. Great. And you can also reach me at uh, lisa.pachentz at accomplishmentcoaching.com. Remind me how we spell Pachens? Per P chance. as in Peter. <laughs> P as in Peter, A-C-H-E-N as in Nancy, C-E. Great. I'm now looking for a sign from the great beyond as to whether we have our guests. Ah, we do. Excellent. Okay. Let's dive right in. Here's the thing. If you like your uh, humans multifaceted and varied and uh, multi-talented, then you're going to like this guy. Josh Linkner started his career as a jazz guitarist. I don't know about you, but jazz guitar is sort of like the apex, the height of my, uh, of my personal aspirations. But that's where he started. He um, brings creativity, entrepreneurship, I can't even talk, entrepreneurship and disruptive innovation. He's been the founder and CEO of four tech companies, has uh, sold those companies for over $200 million. He's also the author of two New York Times bestsellers, uh, Discipline Dreaming, a Proven System to Drive Breakthrough Creativity, and The Road to Reinvention, How to Drive Disruption and Accelerate Transformation. He's a founding partner of Detroit Venture Partners, investing in and mentoring over 100 startups. He's uh, twice been named the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year, my old job, and uh, Pre President Barack Obama, a Champion of Change Award recipient. A columnist for Forbes and Inc. Magazine, we're delighted to welcome to our microphones for the first time, Josh Linkner. Hello, sir. Hello. Thanks so much for having me today. Thanks for being had, as we like to say. Listen, your latest book, <laughs> Hacking Innovation, suggests that you went to the sinister underbelly of the world of hackers and brought back some gold for us. Uh, what, what had you start to look in the world of hacking for new tips around disruption? Well, thank you for asking. You know, I feel like the, the uh, innovation books out there, they often say just the same thing. And I was looking for something that was really new and bold. I didn't want to write another, you know, same old, same old book. Thank you. So I started thinking about who are the most creative people on the planet, and it led me to hackers. Now, putting their sinister motives aside, I'm certainly not encouraging cybercrime, but it's not so easy to hack into a bank. And so I started thinking about what, would, what could we learn if we got to understand the mindset and the tactics of hackers? Again, certainly not to, to, to promote nefarious activity, but, but to learn and borrow those skills and, and approaches and apply them into the legitimate business world. So, for example, if the CEO of GE left and, and the world's most notorious hacker, decided to become legitimate, took over the helm of General Electric, what would they do differently? How would they run the company? How would they build the culture? How would they serve customers? 
And so that's what the book is about. I had a really fun time. I got to speak to uh, felons. I spoke to cybersecurity professionals and law enforcement, and I really got in uh, under the skin to, to a degree of, of hackers to learn how they think and how they act. It seems, it seems fraught with peril, but um, I'm wondering what you, what's the gold that you extracted? In other words, when did you know you were onto something? What was the first thought where it was like, oh, this is useful? Well, the, the funny thing is that, you know, the word hacking is, is often misunderstood. We think of hackers as people wearing hoodies and, and, and lurking in shadows. But, That's right. Um, you know, hacking is used all the time in, in a positive way in the startup world. You look at people in Silicon Valley doing what they call growth hacking. Or Mark Zuckerberg, actually, he's, he, he calls his entire culture the hacker ethic. And, in fact, the headquarters of, of Facebook, the address is one hacker way in a tribute to the, the hacker belief system. And, of course, there's biohacking and, and, and nature hacking and a number of things that are, that are very positive. So I, I sort of had the hypothesis going in that these are skills and, and approaches that could be portable. And just like any tool, which could be used for good or bad, uh, similarly, these approaches could be used for good or bad. And a funny thing, it led me to a, an expanded definition of hacking. So I started thinking of hacking not so much, again, as, as cyber criminals, but people who shake things up and change the world and apply creativity to solving the most difficult problems. When you, when you look at it in that context, Martin Luther King was a hacker for social justice, and, Hen, and uh, Henry Ford was a hacker for productivity. And so, to me, the great ones, the ones that make history, really embrace the same tactics and mindsets when you, when you overlay them uh, uh, onto those great ones. Nice. Let's break up this sausage party. Lisa, what have you got for Josh today? Yes. I'm so fascinated by this idea of disruption on purpose. And I'm curious, Josh, what does it take in terms of a, uh, a company culture to allow hacking and disruption to thrive? Yeah, great question. Uh, one thing about disruption is the first thing you think about is something very scary. And actually, um, Controlled disruption, you might say, doesn't have to be. And in fact, if you hackers uh, don't necessarily take horribly scary risks, instead they run lots and lots and lots of little rapid-fire controlled experiments. And so, the, to to make a culture more creative, more innovative, more disruptive, um, a couple of conditions need to happen. First of all, you need to make the case for change. If you just run into the CEO's office and they're like, you know, hey, dude, I want to be all creative, they're they're going to call security. But if you say, hey, here's, here's what happens if we stand still. Here's the risk of standing still compared to the risk of trying something new. And sort of make a thoughtful case for, for why disruption must occur for sustainable success. That's the, the first step, is making a case for change. The second step is removing the fear. turns out the research is crystal clear that all of us as human beings have enormous creative capacity. The problem is most uh, adults have been uh, socialized out of being creative. And so essentially what happens is that if you can create an environment and a culture that's safe, where all ideas, good and bad, crazy, big, small, they're all celebrated and encouraged instead of punished, then people are liberated. And you can tap into this unbelievably powerful uh, wellspring, this natural resource of creativity that lives inside most organizations. Yeah. And it seems like it also, it also creates a, a culture of trust and a different type of context around uh, what innovation <laughs> looks like and how it's supposed to be applied. What would you say is the secret to disruption as a tool of achievement versus creating conflict from, e- from ego? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I think if you are disrupting on purpose, first of all, and you're doing so instead of for nefarious or selfish gains, but, but for the greater good, that, that to me is a difference maker. So in other words, 
if uh, if your CFO runs off with a bunch of loot, that that's obviously a, a negative disruption. But if everyone on the team is, is rolling up their sleeves and contributing for the greater good of, of those they serve, whether it's shareholders or, or customers or even partners or suppliers, that, then you've got a positive sense of disruption. I would say, too, that disruption is often misunderstood. In other words, people think of reinvention or disruption as these giant initiatives. You know, once a decade, you bet the farm, you change the entire organization. And, man, in that context, it's overwhelming and scary. I like this notion of everyday disruption or everyday innovation, mm. where you're always ta- uh, uh, putting under the microscope your, your, your traditions, your, your assumptions, and challenging them, but in lots of these little controlled experiments. So my premise is that instead of waiting around once a decade to do something really scary, leaders at all levels of organization at any given time should be running four or five little experiments, controlled experiments, fixed amount of time, fixed amount of money. So you're always trying new little creative angles, and if it works, great, double down on it and do it more. If it doesn't work, you didn't ruin the whole company. So in that context of disruption as a habit instead of a, a, a big, scary, one, one giant initiative, it de-risks the whole process, and it makes it accessible to people at all levels of an org chart. Yeah, and it also sounds like it removes the hierarchy from these conversations. Everyone's well, on the same page. Right, but it, but it actually is... Sorry, to, to expand on that, it's actually sort of the opposite of hierarchy because isn't mm-hmm. hacker culture sort of like the idea that people at the bottom, so-called, of the org chart know everything and the people at the top are knuckleheads? Uh, yeah, there's definitely that, that sort of chip on the shoulder and there's an, an inherent uh, resistance to authority. And in fact, so in the book, I cover five core mindsets and ten tactics, mm-hmm. primary tactics of hackers. And one of the core mindsets is that competence is the only credential that matters, right. which is, speaks exactly to what you're saying, and that, and that uh, the best idea should win an argument, not the person with the fanciest title or the loudest voice. And so it's a much more of a, a meritocracy. Hackers uh, you know, sort of rise in, if, if there's a, a loosely affiliated gang of hackers, uh, it's not that one's the leader and they're anointed as such and everybody else follows. One person might take in a leadership role one day and then someone else takes one the next day because it's, it's who's, on, who's in their group, who's, who's performing at the highest. Those are the people that, 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 that seize leadership opportunities, and it's not because they climb the ladder. Now, that's inherently uh, threatening to people like me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a middle-aged white guy with a, who's a CEO of something. And um, to me, you know, I got, I got nothing but my title to cling to. So I want to bring this into an organization, my own organization. And as a coach, I want to support people in this. But how do we deal with that fundamental, you know, threat to the status quo? Like, um, you know, we've got implied class systems in almost every organization. How do we sort of keep people calm and invite disruption at the same time, or is that even important? Well, I'll tell you something. You know, people tend to overestimate the risk of trying something new, yes. but underestimate the risk of standing still. Mm. So, uh, not, not saying this to be, in your case, personally, but, but in many cases, <laughs> if you think about it. a teacher that, that has achieved tenure, and by definition, you know, at least the criticism has been that, that people don't try as hard because they're, they're untouchable at that point. And so, if, if you are in a, in a real sort of nature-based ecosystem, people who are performing at the highest rise and those that are not, are, are not always, they don't always get to stay there. And I think it's actually more of a healthy environment if you think about serving the greater good, which is the company and, the, and your customers. So I'll give you a fun example of that. Um, there's a guy named Gabe Newell. Gabe leaves Microsoft because he's sick of the hierarchical culture. Uh-huh. Middle-aged white guy, by the way. Uh-huh. Anyway, he starts a new company called Valve. And Valve makes video games, but the most innovative thing is their culture. So Gabe goes and creates like this unculture called Flatland in which there are no direct reports. Wow. He's the CEO, but no one reports to him. In fact, no one reports to anyone. Wow. And this is the most crazy culture, but it's so cool. So here's what happens. Everyone comes in. There's no assigned roles, no assigned desks, no assigned jobs, no assigned teams. 
Every day, each person shows up and says, where can I add the most value? Leaders assume the, uh, a leadership position one day and then, and then become a team member the next day. And everything about the culture is, is based on meritocracy, and it's totally fluid. Even pay. So get this. So, like, if you normally get a job, you, you, you start at a base pay, and then mm-hmm. over the years your, your pay increases. It doesn't right. usually decrease. Right. At Valve, you have a once-a-quarter 360 review done by your peers. There are no bosses, remember. And based on a number of factors on that score, if you're really rocking it out one quarter, you get more money. If you're slacking the next quarter, you get less money. And so it's a true meritocracy. You might say, oh, man, that sounds wow. crazy and scary. Yes. But I'll tell you something. They have a higher profit per employee than Google, Apple, and Google. Uh, Google, Apple, and, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, Uber, I'm sorry. It's okay. They also have, uh, they're in the top 10% of pay in their category. They significantly beat retention statistics in, in the tech industry and morale statistics and such. And the company's rocking a couple billion dollars in revenue, and our, our middle-aged white guy who left Microsoft is now a billionaire. So it can be done. I'm not saying we all need to go to that extreme, but in an extreme example, they're, they're really rocking it. I'm pretty sure a portion of my brain just exploded. All right. <laughs> Christopher, well, I think a planning meeting after this is in order. Uh, sadly, I can't. Uh, By the way, if you or your listeners want to get an, a very amusing read, I'm not affiliated with the company. I'm not promoting them. But if you Google um, Valve Employee Handbook or Valve, uh, they put together this really funny thing. It's like tongue-in-cheek. And the whole thing is what to do in an organization that has no rules. Nice. And it's a fascinating read. It's very provocative and stimulating. I'd, I'd recommend taking it out, checking it out. Awesome. We should uh, point to your website, which is Josh Linkner. That's L I N K N E R dot com. And um, I got I got nervous when I first uh, looked at the book jacket and saw that one of the first people to uh, to comment on your book jacket is Steve Case, because people you know formerly associated with AOL aren't recognized for their innovation generally. But we should point to that uh, everyone from uh, Seth Godin to Richard Davis of uh, Bancorp and uh, people from Pfizer and all sorts of companies are loving what you're bringing to organizations and organizational thinking with your books, Discipline Dreaming, The Road to Reinvention, and now Hacking Innovation. What, um, while people are sort of applauding you from the sidelines, what about you? What, what did you find particularly... Um, noteworthy or extraordinary, or what blew your mind as you were researching this book? Well, well, thank you for asking. I mean, first of all, the reason I've written all three books and the reason I do the work is to make an impact in people's lives. Exactly the reason that you're doing this and, and great coaches care about their customers. It's about the, it's about the, the, um, the person you're serving, not, not so much about you. And, and so the impact that I've been able to make has been humbling and, and just, just wonderful. Um, but but so many things in the research were fascinating. I mean, so we think I'll give you one quick example. We we think of um, John Dillinger as the most notorious bank robber of all times, mm-hmm. and and you know they made fourteen major pictures about him. Uh, he he was featured. Everyone knows his name. And in all in total, he he robbed about thirty banks and made away with about three hundred grand before being uh, killed by law enforcement. Right now, meanwhile, what you don't know is that the real most notorious bank robbers are hackers that perpetrated their crimes over an eight-year period. They hit over 100 banks in 30 countries. They made off with a billion dollars in cash, never caught, never tried, never brought to justice. And, again, I'm not trying to glamorize their, their crimes. They were real victims, of course. But, but when you think about the accomplishment, you know, the feat of doing that is a complete game-changer. And, and the way they were able to accomplish this is by using these mindsets and, 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 and tactics of hackers. And again, again, think about just using those same skills, the same approach, but applying it to legitimate purposes, the gain that we can have. And so what was really um, heartening to me is that how we can learn from hackers and apply them to legitimate things to make the world a better place. Nice. What have you got, Miss Lisa? 
Ooh, so much. I caught you. Uh, I caught you unawares. Let's uh, <laughs> let's here's I, you were talking uh, a moment ago about the mindset shifts, and this is how the book opens, and then tactics. Um, I want to I want to sort of drill down in there because I think so many of us think that if we shift our tactics. Josh, we'll get to a different mindset. But I think you're, you're suggesting mindset comes first. Am I picking up what you're laying down? <laughs> well said. Yes, sir. Uh, it, it really is about embracing the mindset, and then the tactics are much easier to, to deploy. And you kind of use your tactics as, as needed. But um, you know, one of the other mindsets I'll just touch on briefly is, a, um, is one that I like to call compasses over maps. So if you think about this, if you, if you had to go from uh, my hometown of Detroit, Michigan, let's say to Miami, and you did a Google map, it would tell you exactly what to do. Get on I-75, head this many miles, make a left turn here, and you could, to a degree, turn your brain off because you basically are just following the map. Right. Now, if you had to get there by a compass, it would be very different. You, know, you, you would have to course correct as you go. You wouldn't have a predetermined route, and you'd make adjustments. You'd have to use your, your, your mind and your creativity at each step of the way. So what hackers do is they use compasses over maps. In other words, they embark upon a mission that may have tons of ambiguity. There may not be a clear course to the, to the goal line. And they're willing to adapt and make micro-innovations along the way. But they, they proceed nonetheless, realizing that it's not just about planning something and then executing mindlessly. It's about always being engaged and, and being creative. And I feel like the world of business needs to shift and embrace that, whereas in the past, maybe 20 years ago, it was about following the rules and there's an operating manual and just do what you're told. But, man, today we live in a world of such complexity and speed, there is no such thing as a detailed map to get you there. And so if we can get ourselves as leaders and those that, that uh, on our teams really thinking in this compasses over maps mentality where they are having to use their judgments on a daily basis and, and attack problems and solve them in creative ways, you know, we, we, we really start to tap into this natural resource that becomes unstoppable. It's a beautiful thing, and our time has flown by. If you do nothing else today, order yourself a copy of Hacking Innovation, the latest book by Josh Linkner. And while you're there on the Amazon or in the, in the book, brick-and-mortar bookstore, go ahead and pick up his other books. Josh, I want to give you our last word today. Um, if you had something to say to 30,000 coaches or so, what would you have us know or what would you give us as a takeaway today? Uh, well, thank you. First of all, well, two things real quick. One is we're all creative. Every human being, everyone on the call, whether you're good in art in third grade or not, all of us are creative and have the ability to solve problems in creative ways. The second thing I would say quickly is that we all uh, generally build traditions around success. So if we're successful at something, we figure it out, we crack the code, we just keep doing it. But I would say that because things are so fluid in our world today, it's incumbent on us if we really want to soar to look at those traditions, put them under the microscope, and ask ourselves, what would happen if we flipped them upside down? Let's disrupt those traditions and come up with a better outcome. Beautiful. That's Josh Linkner, an extraordinary man in his own right. Check him out on the web at joshlinkner.com and get the book, Hacking Innovation. When we come back, more of today's edition of The Coaching Show. Stay with us. Musictherapyforveterans.org invites you to a performance by David Meeks in the first annual Gospel Fest. David has more than 30 plus top 10 contemporary Christian hits, and this is going to be this Sunday, May 28th at 7 o'clock, Shadow Mountain Community Church Event Center, 2100 Greenfield Drive, El Cajon, California. Tickets are available at the door. Performing along with David Meeks is Chloe Cassiana. Come out and support our vets. Happy Memorial Day. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CM founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. 
To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the coaches training program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. <laughs> 